So once again, thank you, Rip, for joining us. We're super excited to talk with you. Uh, you've been a big inspiration for me, and I, I, I know I could speak for Kai in that way as well, because you've just been an incredible player, an incredible ambassador for the Tekken community, and you know, a content creator for Tekken before people were even creating content for Tekken. You know, and mm -hmm. so that's kind of where we want to start this conversation off is to talk about like where were your early beginnings with with Tekken, you know, how did you get into it? What made you really fall in love with the game? And uh, let's start there. Sure. So first of all, thank you for all the compliments, of course. Uh, but where did I start with Tekken? You know, I think I used to play in the arcades back in the day and, you know, it was a lot of Street Fighter at first, uh, but then, you know, eventually Tekken 1 came out there and I saw it. My friend was using martial law at the time and he was just like doing these flips and I thought that looked cool. Uh, and he kind of just, taught me how to play it. Uh, obviously, if you remember Tekken 1 back then, super low polygon count, you know, it wasn't a very pretty game. Uh, but then very soon after he taught me that, Tekken 2 came out in that arcade, uh, like probably within like a month or two. And so I was like, oh, what is this? It's like, it's all updated graphics. And it, at the time it looked like a big jump in graphics, you know, and I was like, oh, wow, right. this, this could really get somewhere one day. Uh, but it still wasn't a game that I was really playing a lot. Like I learned Paul a little bit in that game. It came to like the PlayStation demo. I remember there's a demo disc with it on there. Uh, but I remember it was Tekken 3 uh, that came to the arcade. One day we just were coming back to the arcade. We thought we were just going to play some air hockey and some Street Fighter 3. Uh, and then Tekken 3 was there and everyone was just crowded around the machine. And it was just this, like, mm -hmm. what is this game and how is it so amazing? And I remember the first time I saw Horong do his like triple kick combo in the air, the hunting hawk combo. I was like, yeah. whoa, this is a special game. You know, and it just, it stuck with me right from that, from that moment on, I was like, this game changes everything. Uh, mm. And then, you know, my friends, we'd play it all the time uh, during summer school breaks, et cetera. Uh, and it just, you know, I just stuck with Tekken throughout. It just kind of stayed in my life after that. I think Tekken 4, um, I used to be going to Southern Hills Golf Land with Tekken Tag 1, actually, and then Tekken 4. But I remember I went to college and it was kind of this like, dead period, right? Like Tekken 4 was kind of falling off. Uh, people didn't like it as much as the older Tekkens. But my college had a Tekken 4 arcade cabinet. So I kept playing between my classes and I was beating everyone there. And I was like, okay, I'm... I might be pretty good at this game. And I, that was when the announcement of Tekken 5 came out. So I was like, okay, let me actually see how good I am by starting to compete in tournaments. And so that's what kind of got me to competition. I met like the SoCal, you know, competitive community. Uh, and they kind of, you know, obviously just ramped up my, my learning, essentially. You know, I learned a lot faster through everyone around me in that scene. Uh, and then from there, you know, everything just kind of took off. Which Tekken is your favorite? Would it be Tekken 5 DR or or maybe there's another Tekken that's your favorite? It's really hard to say. Um, Tekken 5 yeah. DR, Law was trash. So that game for me is not like this memorable place that everyone else has because Law in that game was very, very bad. Uh, and but you had some I, success with that, with that title though. I, I got right? top eight at Evo with it. Um, but then it was like, week after week at the locals out here, I would lose to like Kane and his devil Jin. and devil Jin was like a super good character and law was not. So it was where I started and obviously where I got a lot better with the game because I was forced to compete with this character that wasn't even that good in the game. Uh, but it wasn't until Tekken six that I really started, you know, making, you know, strides competitively and like placing an Evo's top three, et cetera, going to SBO and at, you know, all those crazy places uh, around the world, literally with Tekken six. So I think competitively Tekken six is probably my favorite, but currently like Tekken seven is the game. Like I think when I think about my memories of Tekken, Tekken three was the one where all my friends played it. Everybody knew about the game. 
And I think Tekken 7 now is the one that's kind of replaced that feeling of Tekken 3. Yeah, definitely. Um, what about Tekken 6? You know, Tekken 6, you had a lot of success with it. It's, you know, to us, it seems like it's more of the the odd one out in the series now, you know, when, mm-hmm. when you in retrospect, you know, um, in what context do you think people will ever revisit Tekken six or it will be looked at in the same way that we look at like Tekken four or Tekken five or Tekken three, you know, those all have mm-hmm. special, they have, they've had time. They've been able to age. Mm-hmm. Do you think Tekken six will be able to age in that same way? It's so similar to tag, which, you know, wasn't totally widely accepted and it's similar to seven, but not, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. how do you what do you how do you feel about Tekken 6 like in the long term? Can you get your friends to play it still th- to this day? Can you say let's play Tekken 6 I mean, instead of Tekken 7? There is a major problem with that in that being the netcode of Tekken 6 was garbage, like absolute trash, sure total trash. trash. I mean, we made a YouTube series called Bogus Journeys just to highlight how bad the netcode was. That was the whole point of creating that series. You know, excellent adventures from Gutex and Mike Ross existed. Uh, to highlight Street Fighter 4, you know, just play like playing competitively online. And I was like, dude, we can't do a show like this with Tekken. It would be so bad. Imagine what it would be like. And we're like, maybe that's a good idea, you know, just to show how bad it is. So they have to revisit this for the future games. Uh, and it worked out, obviously, because now at this point, we know that, you know, they added some form of rollback in Tekken Tag 2, and that's carried over now to Tekken 7. Uh, but yeah, going back to Tekken 6, I think that game... You know, it, it is an odd one out because it seems like Tekken 7, but it's missing a lot, right? It was the first game right. that introduced Rage Mode. It was the first game that introduced combo extensions with, like, the bounce system, uh, which was now the screw attack. Um, so it actually brought a lot to Tekken, but it, it wasn't quite there. So it looks, at this point, when you look back at the history of Tekken, it just looks like a stepping stone to get us to where we're at. Uh, mm-hmm. But at the time, you know, the first few years of it, it was great. It wasn't until, like, the second half of that really was, like, Bob City and Lars City, right? It was like Bob and Lars and Law ended up being like the top characters competitively in that game, even though there were other characters that were also very good. But everyone looks back at it as the Bob Bob Grand Finals at Evo that just kind of destroyed Tekken and took it off the main stage at Evo, essentially. So, you know, balance wise, that ended up being a problem. But without Tekken 6, we wouldn't be where we are today. Yeah. Definitely. And you talked about some of the the stuff that you were creating around that time. And that's actually when I, I even first got I even first knew about you was through the Tekken 6 level up your game videos. And then you eventually started doing the tag stuff. And that that mm-hmm. content has not really been obviously it was not done before you started doing the level up your game stuff like no one else was doing that for fighting games and, and, and very few games at all. And crazily enough, no one's done it since. It's so crazy to me that no one's really done. Now there was like, you know, cross counter and they had, it was a different format. You kind of had that news anchor TV host uh, vibe where you brought guests on. And I just thought it was super, super cool. I still think it's cool to this day, the Larry King vibes that I get from the big (laughs) desk. And so like, I'm curious, like what, who's responsible for that idea? How, how did you start that? And why did you decide to take that route as opposed to the many other routes that you could have taken uh, regarding the rollout for that content? Yeah. So this is back in 2009, I believe it was maybe 2008. Um, And at the time, you know, my friend MYK was doing this podcast and he was talking to this player from the East Coast who I was like really learning a lot from. And they were talking about this character, Miguel. And I remember I was listening to the podcast and they were talking about all of these things. And I was like, oh, dude, that move is only minus this and that and does this and that. But you can beat it easily by doing this. And I was like, I have no idea what they're talking about because I can't see it. 
Uh, and that was really the jumping off point for me because at the time I was thinking, okay, I could do this in a video format. And if this was in a video format, it would be way easier for everyone to understand. And at the time, you know, you go back then, people didn't really know much about Tekken. And obviously the player base now has grown uh, because of tutorials like this, but everyone knows Tekken doesn't teach you how to play the game. There's so much information you gather that is from the people around you. So I was like, okay, maybe all this information I've learned over the last few years, I can just put it together in video form so people can see it on YouTube. And at the time I had just been laid off from a full-time programming job and I'd gone back to like part-time IT work so I had a lot of time in my hands and I had saved up some cash. So I basically just spent a lot of cash on, you know, digital cameras at the time, which was like 1080p, 60 frames per second, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. top line back then. Right, uh, right. You know, and we and my law firm actually let us use their conference room to film in. Uh, so I had this, I bought all this lighting and capture equipment, which, you know, at the time, 1080p, 60 frames per second was not cheap capture equipment either. Uh, but we, we got all this stuff together and I knew I knew how to do some video editing, not a lot. Uh, and we just tried to go out and do it. And we made a plan. I talked to the new guys around me who, who were MYK and crew at the time. And I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea. Do you guys want to be a part of it? Because at the arcades when I was competing with them, they were always the ones saying like, hey, did you know you could do this or that? They would always teach me more about the game. So I knew they were knowledgeable about the newest iteration of Tekken, whereas I had more legacy knowledge back at that time, right? So I felt like they would be good additions to the team. Uh, so that was the plan. We just got together. We made a night where we could go do it. Uh, we went to film it and literally we go there to film it. Uh, we, and I was planning, we just can do character tutorials and MYK is like, how are we going to show them this? If they don't know how to do, like, if we, they don't even know what a back roll is. And I was like, mm. what do you mean? You know, <laughs> so then he like, he got me thinking, I was like, oh gosh, we got all the stuff here and we actually have to like teach them the entire system. So we're like, that won't take too long. <laughs> Let's just do that really quick. It ended up taking all night, like literally six hours or something of like writing out a script and like, you know, whatever. But that's where it all started. And it, it took me, I think, a month to edit together the first episode. Uh, it was just tedious. Like the entire process, it would be like one weekend we'd go there, we'd film it all in the middle of the night. Like usually it was like an 11 p.m. to 5 a.m. sort of job to film it and pack up and everything, set up and tear down. And then I would spend the next month editing it all. And then finally we'd put it out on YouTube. So that's why we don't do that anymore. That's why people don't do that because <laughs> right, it's so right. hard and time consuming to do it right, to do it well. Um, and then obviously, you know, from there we end up going to the online format for Tech and Tag 2 where it was much easier. You know, we just get on a call together and have someone talk and, uh, you know, it was much simpler after that. But the old format with the big desk and everything, it, it requires a budget. Let's leave it at that. Sure, sure. Well, we're glad that you you made the sacrifice to do that work because it obviously still resonates with a lot of people. And uh, it's it's really fascinating because I would go as far as to say that like that may still be the most comprehensive introductory guide to how to play Tekken that actually goes through all the stuff that's in Tekken. Because mm -hmm. there's stuff that I'm sure that if even people who play the game often watch that video, they would learn something new. Because you, you, you really were thorough in like making these really long form videos to break down all these different little intricacies about the gameplay mechanics. And it's just not been done before. I mean, maybe somebody that you may know of that's done some video tutorials that really goes into detail and all that. But it doesn't work the same way that you that you all did, because it's good to see people. It's good to see their faces. It's good to see them like go back and forth and talk about different situations like it's kind of like a growing developing knowledge so i just think mm -hmm. it's fascinating it's it's a, it's an incredible piece of content um 
Yeah, no, how just has... really quick, sorry, really, really quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Just to yeah. double up on that, you know, obviously people have created a lot more content now that teaches you the, you know, the intricacies of tech and from the bottom up now. Uh, but I definitely agree, like something about having multiple people there and the way we filmed it, which was, let's talk about this topic. And then you hear someone else talk about it, but then when the other two people are listening, they can always chime in like a podcast, right? So it's like, oh, actually, there's also this, you got to think about with that. And whenever we do something like that, it would just, you know, make the knowledge that much stronger. Uh, so yeah, I, I definitely agree that we haven't really had more content like that. I think we did the same thing in Tech and Tag 2, and we got to work with Band and Amco for that one. Uh, but even that one, I feel like was more concise, but it felt more rushed compared to when we did it for Tekken 6. Yeah, um, I have a lot of questions. <laughs> one one question that I, I guess we should go the Tekken Tag 2 direction. In retrospect, maybe just generally, how do you feel about Tekken Tag 2? You made a lot of stuff for it. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's another game that has a lot of mixed feelings amongst the Tekken audience. I think Harada even mentioned that it kind of almost killed the series in a way. Uh, you were commentating, I'm pretty sure, during that time a lot during Tekken Tag 2. Is it still fun for you? Have you been able to play it recently? I, I have revisited Tekken Tag 2 a few times in the past year. Uh, it's still a very fun game. I think the game was always fun. You know, going back to Tekken Tag Tournament 1, right? When I saw that game in the arcade, I was like, this is the craziest thing. Uh, and I remember my friend, I used to drive to nickel nickel arcade because you could play for like 10 cents. It's like two quarters, essentially. Right. Uh, so and we just play the crap out of it. We go to Southern Hills Golf Land and play against the best players there. And just that concept of having teams in tech and managing the life bars, et cetera, was always really a fun concept. But in Tekken Tag 2, the roster was so large and the comms are so complex because they already had added the balance system. And now they wanted this tag assault system that for people who are coming into Tekken fresh, that was just such a monumental task uh, for them to overcome just to play the game, right? Uh, so obviously the game came out in arcades, it launched like that. Then later on, they're like, oh man, this ain't doing so hot. Let's introduce a solo mode. But then the solo mode is never fully balanced well. So in tournaments out here, we never had people allowing solo mode for the longest time. Uh, you know, like if you went to Evo, like pretty much no one was running solo mode. I don't even think it was allowed actually. Uh, so that was the problem with Tekken Tag 2. Is the game fun? Yes. Is the netcode in the game good? Yes. Like I used to play people. I remember I did a series called Versus the World where I, that was the first time I would play people from Europe. And I was like, this actually kind of works. And I'm in California, right? So I'm on the other side of the US from Europe. Uh, and it was actually, you know, it wasn't great, but it was still playable. I was like, this is crazy. Uh, and obviously during Tekken 6, we couldn't do any of that. So Tekken Tag 2, you know, the plus of it, I think it was still a fun game. There was a lot of cool content in it. Uh, you know, the tag throws, the tag, the special tag interaction between characters in terms of like win poses or special moves in the game. Uh, even the customizations were in there were better. And, you know, a lot of that stuff has kind of fallen off in Tekken 7. But Tag 2 was still a fun game. It just didn't do so hot, you know, competitively or uh, casually in terms of how much it sold, I guess. Definitely. I'm curious to what you think about this, this notion, like maybe in like five, 10 years, people come back to tag two and they just rip it apart. You know what I mean? Like, like in the <laughs> same way, like people love Marvel two in a way, mm. I mean, Marvel two is a totally different game, but just that, I don't know, you know, things happen on the internet and then uh, next thing you know, it's yeah. Go ahead. Are you saying that you think people are going to come back to really want to play tech and tag two again in five to 10 I'm years? I'm just saying, yeah, I'm saying, is it possible? Do you think that it mm. could happen? Like, and like logically no it probably wouldn't happen but like in the internet age and right. like when you see these tag videos and people want to tag like say there's never mm-hmm. a, a tech and tag three right. i could see people saying let's do the content let's continue where level up your game left off 
and do this okay. game more justice, right? It won't be perfect, but it will be like full. And really the meta will be there. The mm -hmm. discourse will be there because the game is insane. It's got like yeah. infinite possibilities. It, it right? does. But, you know, I'll tell you this. When I go back and replay it, there's a lot of untapped cheap stuff in that game. <clears throat> Excuse me. There's a lot of untapped cheap stuff in that game that people didn't really get to see at the highest level. And the game didn't receive balance patches, right? So right. It's, it's like this weird place where, they introduced a bunch of DLC characters, which never made it to the arcade version in Japan. Uh, you know, and then there was never balance patches after that. So there's a lot of cheap stuff in that game uh, that I don't think people would enjoy playing, actually. Uh, and another, another thing about Tekken Tag 2 is the matches were very long. So, and, and for whatever reason, the community at the time really pushed for first to three, which just made watching tournaments not as fun. Because uh, you don't want to watch a long set that goes first to three. It's just never fun in any fighting game I've ever watched. Um, so basically what I'm saying is I think that there's a possibility that this could happen, but very unlikely. And another reason that that is unlikely is because Tekken in general, when you move from, it's a very iterative game, right? So it's like Tekken five, here's your course characters. Here's the move set. Tekken six, we're going to take the same thing. Couple more characters, couple more moves, right? Tekken tag two after that, couple more characters, couple more moves, plus the tag mechanic. Tekken seven, couple more characters plus more moves, right? So they're always just like a step up. So eventually what would happen is you'd end up in five to 10 years with like Tekken 8, 9 or whatever. And it would be the same thing added on. So you, you can't really go back that far and be like, oh, where's all my moves now? Yeah, I don't have this move or that move for this character that I've been playing for five to 10 years. So I think it's really hard to go backwards in Tekken like that. I feel the same way when I go back to play like Tekken Tag 1 now, right? If I'm playing Law and Paul. Um, like these characters still exist in Tekken 7. When you go back, you're like, oh man, they don't have any of these moves like what am i supposed to do it feels so limited uh, mm. i don't think tag two would feel so limited uh because of course the rosters and the moveset sizes are so large already um but I, I really don't see the scene going back to it what i have suggested in the past is that namco you know when they're done with tekken 7 you know because they've never done this before they add on seasons with balance patches and characters and moves right. changes and rage drives etc uh even mechanics like the wall bounce right uh, I was thinking when they're done with Tekken 7, just make the last season tag, you know, Tekken 7 tag. Whoa. Because Whoa. the problem with Tekken Tag 2 was you launched with this huge roster. So no one had time to learn everything plus the tag mechanic, right? The better way to have launched Tekken Tag 2 would have been if you did a smaller roster, slowly season by season, build it larger, and then add a tag mechanic, which is how basically they've done Tekken 7 so far except there's no tag in it, right? So we're reaching that point now where Tekken 7's roster, I think, is already about the size of Tekken Tag 2. It's pretty close. Um, right. So I think they could just add a tag mechanic maybe after one more season and be like, boom, that's your Tekken Tag 3, essentially. Whoa. That would be insane. That it would be would crazy. Be. <laughs> I mean, that's just my idea. You know, I don't know if they're planning to do any of that, but <laughs> Have I Have you let someone know? Have you sent this email? <laughs> I, I, I don't... I actually never tell... Harada or Michael Murray, my ideas like this, because I know they have this mindset of like, if somebody else told us that we can't do it, you know? So I always just talk about it on streams. I make tweets about it or something, but I never tell them directly because I feel <laughs> well, like there's some kind of weird thing there where it's like, you know, if, if, if somebody, if somebody told the developer, like, Hey, can you guys do this? And then the developer actually does it and sells it. Then the guy's like, Hey, they stole my idea. You know, they owe me money or something. And I don't want to get involved in any of that. I just want this to happen, you know? So yeah. I'm, I'm sure they'll, they'll hear about it if I 
make my voice loud enough about it, then other people say the same thing, hopefully, and then that'll reach them and then might happen that way. I feel like that organic way of happening is much better. So hopefully. hopefully. Yeah, that would actually be amazing. And yeah, because I actually want to see Tekken 7 go another at least like five more years. I would like to see it continue. Like I would like to Mm -hmm. see a perfected version or that tag mechanic added on. And I know you've talked about this a little bit on on the Boomcast. What do you think about the potentiality for Tekken 8? Are you, you know, for for the Arcade Press podcast, maybe you can talk a little bit about what you're looking forward to in the Tekken timeline. What do you think is most likely to happen? It does sound like obviously adding a tag mechanic to Tekken 7 is a great idea. I agree with that. Mm -hmm. What what's realistic, do you think, uh, for Tekken fans to expect? What's realistic for them to expect, I think, is <laughs> boy, I, you know, that is such a crazy question because I think anything is possible. Uh, right. You know, I think they could go another season of Tekken Seven. I think that's pretty safe. If you know, if you, I'm thinking from like a business sense, right? Like rolling out another season of Tekken, you probably still get more people to buy the game. You know, people still like it. Uh, I think that you know, if they decided, okay, we're done with Tekken Seven, uh, we don't want to make any future like balance or character adjustments to it then I think something they could do is take Tekken 7 and make it free to play. You know, um, so you have the current game and balance, but in a free to play model uh, that people can enjoy for, you know, however long they want to maintain that. And then they could obviously support that with like costumes or customizations, et cetera, right? And I think that would be a very interesting avenue to explore for them. Uh, whether they'll do that or not, I have no idea, right? Uh, but do I want to see like a Tekken 8 I don't know about that because I feel like Tekken 8 to me has to be drastically different than just adding another season to Tekken 7. So Mm. when you have that like drastic difference uh, in terms of like the system mechanics, you know, the roster, uh, you know, et cetera, like it's cool to see the storyline advance. Right. But I think most people don't really care about Tekken's story, like historically, like from Tekken 1 to 7, you know, the actual lore of it all, like it's pretty convoluted. I don't think anyone really cares. So if they go to Tekken 8, it's just continuing that storyline. It's like, oh, the G Corp and the Mishima Zaibatsu are blah, blah, blah. Like, who cares? You know, like, I don't, I don't know if people really care about that. Uh, so I feel like maybe a reboot. Uh, I think it's about time for that story-wise for them. So like, it just, the next one is just called Tekken, right? And it just starts over and maybe it's all new characters, you know, whatever it may be. But I, I really feel like, Tekken 8, if they just continued like the iterative process I talked before, like Tekken 5 to 6 to 7, just adding a couple more moves per character, whatever. I feel like it's decent as an idea, but I feel like it would still have to heavily be like Tekken 7. Uh, Otherwise, you risk losing all this momentum you've gained in the franchise, right? Because when you go back to Tekken 3, Tekken Tag 1, everything was going great for Tekken. And then they hit Tekken 4 and they drastically changed everything, tiny roster, uh, and it was, I, at the time, I enjoyed it, right? I thought the graphics are cool. I love the slopes. I know a lot of people didn't competitively want that, um, but there was also balance issues with that game. Uh, they redesigned a lot of it, right? They added walls for the first time, um, but it was it was this drastic departure of what people liked and enjoyed from Tekken, and obviously, it really cost them at that time. But I feel like if we go to a Tekken 8 now, you kind of have to take that sort of approach where it's like, look, we've already done this amazing product. Let's take a chance now and try something completely different. 
Right. Is there a chance that there may be, well, there's always a chance, right? But uh, how, what's the likelihood, do you think, that there could be a Tekken crossover game or a game that uses the Tekken engine under a non-Tekken name as opposed to mm. creating another very similar, you know, you know, a Tekken 8, for example? Yeah, I mean, like they use the like, I, like my dream. I'll just share my my vision for it would be like this is like the ultimate 3D fighting game engine. Like, honestly, I think Tekken is basically perfected or close to perfected what a 3D fighting game engine should feel like. Mm-hmm. And they've they've shown that they can have 2D two dimensional characters as well as three dimensional characters. So just put put Street Fighter characters in in the Tekken game. Put like, you know, DOA or Virtua Fighter characters in the game. You know, it, it could work. Tekken knows mm-hmm. how to make it work. So I just think like using the engine to make more 3D fighting games happen. Cause for some reason, the other 3D fighting games that are not Tekken in a lot of ways, they struggle to really make, keep their audience, you know, in, in, right. in various capacities. And like Tekken has just grown, as you said, you know, so mm-hmm. what do you think I, about I, that happening? I think it's a, it's an interesting idea, right? Um, so with Dead or Alive, with their engine, uh, you know, they, they brought in virtual fighter characters into that. And at the time, I was playing Virtual Fighter Five Final Showdown. Uh, my character Jackie came over to Dead or Alive, so I tried it out. And the combo system for Dead or Alive was way cooler, right? Like characters were more airborne. Uh, There's like lower gravity, so it felt more like Tekken combos almost uh, for Jackie in that game. And I thought that was super neat and very fun for me. Uh, so if there was a crossover game like a Tekken Cross Virtual Fighter, I think could be very fun for Tekken fans. I don't think Virtual Fighter fans would really dig it though. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. they're they're very particular about the feel of Virtua Fighter, but at the same time, I think that it would be very cool. <laughs> and I, as a Tekken yeah. fan who has played Virtua Fighter, I would love that. I would love to see a Tekken Cross VF that's on the Tekken engine. Uh, like, for example, if you flip that around, right, you said, let's run a Tekken Cross VF on the VF engine, you know, like, is that as cool? Is that as interesting? I don't, I don't think that's as interesting. Um, so, so yeah, I would, I would just love to see it the other way around, obviously um but yeah you know as far as like Tekken Cross Street Fighter everyone's talked about it I think that game is not happening for a very very long time I think there needs to be a lull in both Tekken and Street Fighter in terms of like them releasing games and as far as we can tell you know Tekken's kind of reaching that lull in a second if they stop updating it and you know kind of leave the scene where it's at uh but Street Fighter I think you know there's been so many leaks already that Street Fighter 6 is on its way so because of that I really don't feel we're getting Tekken Cross Street Fighter anytime soon uh like at least for another five eight years or something right and harada mentioned that it's it's in development hell it's not it's not getting worked on too i think so Mm -hmm. that's that's most definitely the case um what do you think about like um you know you you've created a lot of content been a big ambassador commentator you've worn many hats in the fighting game community what is the the thing or the happening that needs to take place in the fighting game community that you think would be perfect i know you mentioned the the level up your game show the budget for that the time that goes into that is just very very stressful if that wasn't an issue if resources were not an obstacle an object and you were able to create and and lead the project that needs to be led what would that project be would it be level up your game continued in that same vein that it started would it be something totally different we just did an interview with josh way who created a documentary about midway and that was his way of telling his story working at working with mortal Kombat and working with other big titles and i'm curious like you've been in the industry for a while you know you've been playing these games for a while what what would you like to see happen from a creative standpoint 
I mean, I'm, I'm still confused by the question, I guess. Like, what is the goal yeah. here? Uh, like, it, like, yeah, yeah, up to you. Like, whatever, whatever, con- like, based on what you think, like, maybe you feel like I just want to play the games and I just want to enjoy the games, you mm-hmm. know, stream them a couple days a week. Or maybe you want to do something that pushes the, the, the community to a certain level or pushes the way people talk about the games to a certain level or just do a piece of content because you love it, right? Like, whatever your motivations are, looking forward to being creative and being involved in the FGC. I got you. Yeah. So like on my end, uh, content creation nowadays, it just feels like the content that works is like the drama aspect of things, you know, Uh, you know, creating, you know, useful, I'll say content like tutorials. uh, It's, it's got, it's very niche. Right. So I think that fighting games in general, they need, they still need to grow. Like it's still is very niche. Uh, subculture of video games that doesn't really get a lot of exposure and obviously it's grown a ton in the past five to ten years uh, more so than I've ever seen it in the past so it's it's definitely growing I, I, I can see a future for it you know personally for me uh, I would love to be able to create tutorial content again um, but do it in a way that's just more accessible for people I feel like when I did it before it was like an hour long to teach a character and unfortunately it's necessary to be that way right so uh, for Tekken 7, I was actually thinking of ways to shorten that content and make it more concise and, you know, in smaller bite-sized packages because that's what people want nowadays. Uh, but I never got around to it because, again, it was a budget concern, right? So if I had unlimited budget, uh, then, yeah, I would probably go and do that because I think that I could probably do, you know, 10 to 15-minute tutorials for characters that are very concise and just straight to the point to hit all the bullet points that you need to know to learn a character and get rolling, basically. Uh, that's something I would like to see, you know, competitively for esports uh, i think they're doing a pretty good job right now um there's obviously limitations to everything especially with covid right now so i think everything got kind of uh derailed momentarily and we'll kind of see when things get back on track uh but it's an exciting front for sure you know and uh i just i'm looking forward to that the most i think i just want to see the esports aspect come back i want to see the worldwide tournaments come back uh and really just see who the best players in the world are and another thing just in fighting games in general that i feel like i have not seen is you know, I want a, a team-based format uh, in the game, right? Like, I know, like, there's obviously Street Fighter League, which is happening, which is, like, a 3v3, but it's, like, a team of players, right? But I want to see, like, imagine CVS2, right, or King of Fighters, where the life bar carries over. Uh, so I go up against you, you know, I beat you, but you take off half of my life. Then I get the next person on your team, but I only have half of my life remaining, you know, and that continues throughout the team. So I would love to see uh, a 3v3 format like that in a fighting game with rollback netcode. Uh, and the only thing I see that's coming that way, potentially maybe is the League of Legends fighting game, which fingers crossed they do that, but I really don't believe they will, unfortunately. Yeah, and it's surprising that there's no team battle in Tekken 7. That was always been a thing that we really got used to having mm-hmm. in Tekken. So I was surprised that that wasn't there. There is a ton of offline content missing uh, from Tekken 7. And I shouldn't even say offline because a lot of those modes should be online now, right? Like they introduced mm-hmm. the bowling mode, which I never have played still. I have the DLC, but I never played it because I was like, I can't play this online with anybody. What's the point? Like, I'm not going to play Whoa. it by myself. It's not yeah, a I've never game. played it either. I didn't even right? know you couldn't play it online. That's right. crazy. So like, imagine if Tekken 7 had, you know, the Tekken Force mode from the past, right? Except you could play it online with your friend. If it had the team battle mode, except you can play it online with your friend. Uh, like yeah. those modes are just totally missing. Tekken Ball, like how have we not had an online Tekken Ball? Like I think maybe that worked on the Wii U. I don't even know because I have it, but I never played it because uh, I never had a stick for the Wii U. But you know, it's just like how are those 
big Tekken mainstay since Tekken 3, not in Tekken 7 with online play. It's like, what year are we in? That should have been there from the get-go. Uh, it's kind of wild that it's not. Yeah, 100% agree with that. Um, I'm curious also about like your uh experience growing up in arcades what was your what was your upbringing like um how often were you in the arcades obviously you were you got into Tekken 1 in the arcade was Mm -hmm. that your first experience with 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 the arcade was like Tekken 1 do those Mm -hmm. stories go hand in hand or does it go back earlier than that earlier than that so um yeah where I where I grew up you know I lived in this apartment complex and you could just walk right down just like a little strip mall and there was like a liquor store in there and on Sundays, my dad would go there uh, to buy like the Sunday newspaper, uh, which I don't know if people do that anymore. I don't even know if Sunday newspapers exist anymore, but <laughs> Sunday was the day to buy newspapers. They had ads in it and all sorts of stuff. You can get your movie times and everything. Uh, but there was a pinball machine inside that liquor store. So we, he would go there. We would play pinball, whatever. Like that was our like Sunday morning thing that we would do. And uh, eventually they got Street Fighter 2. So one day it's like this crowd were like, what is this game? What is everyone playing? It was Street Fighter 2. You know, I was a kid at the time. Uh, we saw people putting up their quarters. We didn't understand any of that, right? Uh, so we're like, all right, I'll just put a quarter up. I hope nobody steals it, you know? Um, and, you know, sure enough, I got to play. You know, luckily, all the older kids there would teach me how to play. And that, was, that just became my thing on Sundays. And then as I got older, uh, that same liquor store, you know, they would have, they had Street Fighter 2. They got Mortal Kombat 1. They got Mortal Kombat 2. Uh, then we, we had another place across the street from that which ended up getting like Mortal Kombat 3, Ultimate MK3, uh, Killer Instinct 1, etc. So I was really lucky that where I lived, the two spots closest to me had a bunch of fighting games. Uh, but then when I got even older, like I think maybe I was in high school or something, junior high, uh, my friends and I would be riding our bikes around town and far enough away, like maybe two, three miles, there was an arcade, like a legit arcade. Uh, so we started going there and that's where I found Tekken 1, Tekken 2, Virtua Fighter 1 even back then. Uh, but it really for Street Fighter 3 was the game that brought us to that arcade. Uh, so, yeah, my, my history with arcade games goes all the way back to the very beginning with Street Fighter 2, basically, at that liquor store. It um, was fighting games, at least, of course. Definitely. And you mentioned a bunch of different uh, cabinets that you, you know, encountered as a uh, back in the day. Do you have favorite games that aren't Tekken? Favorite? Like, you mean from back then? No, just games in general. Just in general, oh. like what's your favorite games of all time? Like, oh, and, and are they are, are the top five spots all Tekken titles or are no, they other not at all? Too? Dude, that's yeah. that, that's a very difficult question because I actually play games across a lot of genres, right? So one of right, my favorite right. games of all time is actually Quake 3 Arena. Uh, you know, it's right. a first person shooter arena based combat. You know, it's and for me, like I didn't grow up with an Xbox, right? So Quake was that game for me. So when Halo came out, I was like, oh, that's like slow Quake. You know, that's what it looked like to me. <laughs> right. uh, I was like, all right, well, I'll just stick with Quake then. Uh, you know, and my my group of friends, we grew up and we'd have these LAN parties on PC. So I grew up with a lot of PC games like Duke Nukem 3D, you know, Doom originally, et cetera, back in the day. Um, but yeah, a lot of first-person shooter games, actually. And a lot of it was based off of Quake. I, I used to play Counter-Strike a little bit. I used to compete in... Uh, Team Fortress 2 for a little while. So, you know, I've been all over the place, really. And, you know, the last two years or so is kind of when I started going back to consoles and really exploring games through streaming. Uh, So, like, this is my first time playing, like, Uncharted series. You know, I just recently played the God of War game for the first time, my first God of War game. Uh, So, you know, kind of going back to single-player campaigns has been a lot of fun for me recently. Final Fantasy VII uh, Remake was my first Final Fantasy game I've ever played, and I enjoyed the hell out of that, you know? So... 
Uh, there's been a lot of really fun stuff that I've played recently. Um, but prior to that, you know, it was all like first person shooters and fighting games, I think, for the most part. Definitely. You just inspired me to to um, to download Quake because I've, I've, <laughs> I haven't played it, but I, I love Doom. I love Duke Nukem. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are my like top top two favorites, and uh, I, I kind of had a similar story too. I mean, we I didn't have a console at my grandparents' place, so I would just play Doom, and I was just blown away by mm-hmm. Doom two and Doom one. Like it was just I just even today it's still amazing yep. to me just the way it looks, the way it feels. So yeah, did you ever get into Unreal Tournament? Of course, yeah, Unreal Tournament. I have the disc right here actually, <laughs> the, the Word, CD yeah. with Unreal Tournament one. Uh, yeah, yeah, Unreal Tournament. I mean, at that time, I played everything, right? Like, for, for whatever reason, I think uh, I had, like, this top-of-the-line graphics card back. And it wasn't a Voodoo. It was, like, the first Riva TNT, which is the company that ended up becoming NVIDIA. So that card, we could play Unreal 1 before Unreal Tournament came out. So my friends used to come over during the summer. We played Unreal. We played Half-Life 1. Uh, you know, Unreal Tournament, of course, later. Quake, etc. later. But that era of first-person shooters you know right from the get-go you know onward was just so fun it was it was like the best time ever uh to be a pc gamer probably yeah definitely where where is the duke nukem game at man what happened like (laughs) where is duke like duke nukem is like one of the sickest characters ever where's where's he at let me let me show you this right here right this right here is a duke nukem forever shot glass uh because i was such a big duke nukem fan I actually got invited um, to play test the multiplayer of the game before it was available. Like I actually got to go up to their studio and I played it and they wow. gave me like this metal mouse pad of Duke Nukem. Uh, unfortunately, I went up there, they gave me all this cool stuff, uh, but I didn't like it at all. <laughs> so it was like, I was like, I don't understand. Why are all the weapons gold and multiplayer? Like I can't tell them all apart. They're just gold weapons. So that game obviously seriously flawed. Uh, I don't think we're ever going to see Duke Nukem again. Not with the way the world has changed. You know, Duke Nukem, the right. character doesn't fit in anymore, unfortunately. Because he, <laughs> he, he was a lot of fun, right? He was like uh, right. an 80s action star in a video game form. And right. you just, you're not going to see that again. I don't, unfortunately, I, unfortunately yeah, maybe, who knows? Maybe there's always been that rumor that Duke Begins is going to come out. Like this prequel to who Duke was before he became who he is in those other games. Uh, and maybe that is the path for it. I don't know. Yeah, I think it, it would be really cool to see Duke Nukem in like a crossover character in like a Mortal Kombat or something like that, where they could oh kind of <laughs> justify, you know, they could justify, yeah. hey, this crazy over the top character is crazy and over the top because otherwise people will mm-hmm. just rip rip him apart. But that's super cool that Glass, the, the shot and that you got to test out the game before it even came out. That's insane. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that was like a dream. Yeah, at the time, dude, is so crazy. Like little sidebar and it's like, I think I got accepted to come up the day before and they were in Northern California and I'm in Southern. So that's like a seven hour drive and I could bring one other person. So I just told my friend, like, are you down to drive to NorCal tomorrow and back the same day? Cause you know, we were broke at the time. Like we were like, we can't afford to go stay there for a night. So we literally just drove up there one seven hour trip, played the game for like four hours and then drove right back home, you know, seven hours <laughs> back. Uh, yeah, it was, it was crazy, but it's totally worth it at the time. Right. Like you, just, you don't get those kind of experiences. Or yeah, and you, for gaming, man. Yeah, you, I've noticed like since pursuing and, and hearing people's stories about gaming, like I'll do I'll go through extreme lengths just to hear the story, you know what I mean? Or just to be a part of the the experience, like fighting games, particularly, but all games, man, they just have an mm-hmm. incredible power to pull people in and get people's attention. You know what I mean? Definitely. Oh, yeah. 
The yeah. uh, Quake 3, do you still play it, Quake 3 Arena? Funny story, I just played it last week, and it was Whoa. incredibly fun. So I I found out that Xbox Game Pass on PC, they, I was just, gonna say. they just released, or re-released, I guess I should say, Quake 1, 2, and 3. So I, was, I just thought like, whoa, does this mean Quake 3 has people playing it again? So I booted it up on Game Pass. I was on stream and I was like, I just booted it up on Game Pass. And I was like, oh, let's take a look. And unfortunately, it's all the same old servers. So I think it's probably cross-play compatible with anyone who has it on Steam. Um, but because I was streaming it and I was testing out servers to get into, people in the chat just started joining in. So we ended up getting like this like four or five player deathmatch going. And it was just incredibly fun. Like everyone's hands started hurting within like an hour because we're all old men now. Uh, we're like, oh, I think I'm getting carpal tunnel. Like, you know, uh, we're not used to playing this intense uh, of an FPS for such extended periods of time. But yeah, it's still incredibly fun. Uh, and there's nothing like it still. I've played tons. I played all the Call of Duty games, um, Battlefield games, etc. But there's still nothing as intense as Quake 3 Arena. And that includes Quake Champions, which is the closest thing to Quake 3 Arena, I think. But also Unreal Tournament, too, because I know Unreal Tournament is like super high speed. Mm-hmm. High stakes. Is that is Quake still the one? Quake three. Quake still is the one? still faster. Yeah. So the thing about Quake and Unreal, the, the main difference between them, is that in Quake there's a movement mechanic called strafe jumping, and that movement mechanic it basically allows you to accelerate jump to jump, right? So that it's kind of like bunny hopping in Counter Strike if you're familiar with that term. So basically in Quake you can master this movement mechanic that allows your character to fly really fast, and the faster you're going, obviously the faster your flick shots have to be, etc. Right. Unreal Tournament, they have the move mechanic, but it's more like just dashes, right? Like, so you're dashing in certain directions. Uh, and that was right. their movement mechanic, but it doesn't build speed the way Quakes did. So Quake was always the faster paced uh, first person shooter between the two, uh, which is always what I loved about it and got me hooked. You know, learning that movement mechanic, uh, it's probably the same reason I fell in love with Tekken, right? Like learning to create backdash. It's this thing that's not super simple, but once you get the hang of it and you get rolling with it, you're like, okay, I know how to do this now. And that separates you from everyone else, right? Um, right. So I really love those kind of mechanics in games. And I think even when you look at Smash Brothers, right? Like Smash Brothers uh, Melee, it had the wave dashing in it and they, they took it out in the yeah. future iterations. But mm-hmm. people stick with Melee because of that wave dash mechanic. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think um, I'm definitely going to play this Quake 3 Arena. I never have gotten into it. What about Quake 1 and 2? Are those still worth diving into or just really just dive into Quake 3 and just... Well, the thing is, Quake 1 and 2, they have, they're have they more story-based, right? Like, there are multiplayer components of them, but they have a campaign story. Quake 3 has no campaign story. It's just, sure. like, multiplayer deathmatches the whole way through. And they have a bot system in there, so you can learn to play against the bots at different difficulties. But there's no story. It's just, like, pure multiplayer. And you, um, and you play with mouse and keyboard on the Quake 3, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like I can't even imagine. Like I heard when it came to consoles, I was like, "How are people going to do that?" It doesn't even process to me. It's like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of like a Tekken example. <laughs> you know, I'm like, "You're going to play Tekken on a drum set? Like how how would you do that?" I don't know. Uh, so yeah, that's how it feels like for me thinking about Quake Three on anything else other than a mouse and a keyboard. Most definitely, cool man. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, that's that's really inspiring. I'm glad you brought. I'm glad I asked about that because I'm definitely <laughs> going to dive into that seriously because I love first person shooters i'm a big halo doom mm-hmm. unreal tournament person and so the quake 3 thing is definitely something wow. i want to dive in Thank yeah you. if you yeah. played off those definitely go check out quake 3 it's hard like i said it's hard to find servers with people in it now um yeah. a lot of them are like fake or just bots or something uh yeah. but yeah if you could find someplace or i think quake live actually is probably the best way to experience that because it's really fast and a game that's similar to quake 3 actually is diabotical i think that's the name of it diabotical it's on mm. the unreal 
store. Is that what it's called? Unreal Engine store? <laughs> Whatever. Epic Word. store. Epic game store. Yeah, uh, Epic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they have this game called Diabotical. It's free. So you can just go grab it and play it. Uh, but that's it's based off of Quake 3, essentially. So it's got the strafe jumping and the same type of weapons that Quake 3 had, except there's people playing it still. Oh, word. I will make mm-hmm. a note of that. Thank you. Um, two more questions, and uh, sure. we'll, we'll let you go. Um, the first question is, why doesn't Tekken teach? Is it a more of a philosophical reason why they avoid teaching people how to play this very complicated, deep game? Or is it more like a, maybe a bandwidth issue that they don't have the time or maybe they don't even know what the game is or how it works, you know? That's funny. What, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know why they don't do it, right? I mean, obviously, I'm not them. They tried doing a little tutorial in Tech and Tag 2. It was yeah. kind of panned. Uh, you know, they tried to make it a fun way of teaching. Uh, it just didn't work out. But I think if you look at so many other fighting games now, like look at Guilty Gear Strive, for example, right? Uh, Guilty Gear right. series in general, their tutorials have always been really good, right? Uh, you can look at Skullgirls for tutorials examples. I think a lot of fighting games out there have it. So it's probably an issue of bandwidth, especially when you look at how Tekken is lacking in so much other content. Like, where's the team battle mm-hmm. mode? Like, team battle mode should not be something that's super complicated to put together, right? And right. so if you can't put together team battle mode, how can you possibly put together tutorials? Tutorials is so much more time-consuming to put together. Uh, is it necessary? I don't know. I really don't know the answer if it's necessary or not. Because I think a lot of people go online for their information like that now. Uh, you know, I think Killer Instinct did a really cool thing where they had this like social integration. So you'd boot up the game and you could access this like social bar, which would show you stuff from the community that they were highlighting. So I feel like even if they put something like that into a future game, they could highlight like tutorials or something that are either on their channel or a community member's channels, whatever, just to get people like just interested in learning more about the game through that without having to build their own tutorial system. Right. Um, but yeah, I think that they should obviously. Yeah, definitely. Hey, uh, Kai, do you have any questions or any thoughts? I've been, I've been asking a lot of stuff and, and wanted to see if, if you have any questions we've covered a lot, but. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, only question I think I had uh, that wasn't really brought up, I guess, kind of doubling back to, you know, you wearing many different hats within this industry. You've done commentary. Mm-hmm. Um, you've even done film for a little bit, you know, before this, that probably kind of led you into like tutorial and things of that nature. But is there anything that you would like to do creatively outside of the FGC? Or have you even thought that far? There's always been things that I've dabbled into. And one of like my big life goals has always been to just publish a game. Uh, you know, nothing, nothing crazy big, like even just like some kind of simple puzzle game or something. Uh, but, you know, I grew up, uh, I went to school for computer science, and I was always just like intrigued by game development, right? So I've studied a lot about game development. I just have never really put the, si- the time aside to really dive into it. But that's like probably the best creative thing I've been looking at. Uh, like I've always, I've also dabbled into music a little bit. Uh, so, you know, probably like 15 years ago, I got into music a little bit. I have like electric guitar. Uh, you know, I grew up in band, etc. So I've always been into music as well. So maybe something music and games together. Uh, I think those are like the funnest ways I get to express myself creatively nowadays. That's not, you know, video related production, whether it's on social media, on YouTube, etc. So I think maybe something game development related. That's probably where I'm headed. Interesting. Yeah, we need the album. We're ready. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're ready yeah, for it to hit all streaming platforms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get the mixtape ready. It's coming. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. My last question is, uh, what's your favorite thing about 
fighting games or gaming in general? What what keeps you so involved in doing all this stuff? Why not just play the game? Why do you why are you so active in all these different parts? Is it the community? Is it the people? Is it the anticipation for what's to come? Is it the nostalgia that you have for the arcade gaming days and early? What is it for you that motivates you and drives you? What's your favorite thing about fighting games today as it's evolved over time? Yeah, I think for me personally, it's always been about the competition. Uh, you know, like trying to push myself to see like, how good am I? Like, can I be better? You know, what are my limits? Like that's what like really pushed me to get it as far into it as I got. Uh, but then what kept me was all the people around me, right? Like, I think mm. in Southern California, I was so lucky. Like, I legitimately think we had the coolest people and the coolest community ever. Uh, and I knew, like, you know, and I've talked to MYK about this, you know, once Tekken got big and popular, like, obviously, you'd get more bad apples in the bunch, you know, you just, you mm. can't maintain that cool of a group, you know, to be that big of a group. Uh, but, you know, still, the community is still a very cool community. I still think Tekken is a very fun game overall. Like obviously competitively, I'm not where I used to be. Uh, and sometimes that bothers me and it kind of pulls me back in again. Uh, but you know, I'm happy to see all the new players rise now. I think that's been a lot of fun for me this past year and a half with this pandemic. You know, now we're running these online weekly tournaments. We have hundred people per week signing up and just seeing the names that are placing there, you know, start to place offline now at like, they just recently had a summer jam tournament offline. And a lot of those people, everyone in the in the chat was like, hey, this looks just like our ICFC weekly tournament over here, you know, same top eight. Uh, you know, like just to see that and just recognize that what we've been doing throughout the year uh, has been building up this current generation of players to be even stronger, whether it's online or offline. I think that's been really rewarding for me. So, you know, that's kind of where I'm at. Uh, the games are still fun. The competition still drives me, but it's really the community at the end of the day. 